This is Getting to Good Enough, a podcast to help you overcome perfectionism so you can do more of what you love. I'm Shannon Wilkinson, a life coach in Portland, Oregon, and I'm a recovering perfectionist who's getting better at good enough. And I'm Janine Adams, a certified professional organizer in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm lucky enough to be naturally good at good enough. Today, we're talking about how luck favors the prepared. So, Deneen. Hey, Shannon. How are you today? Great. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to be talking about this. Yeah, me too. This, uh, this is a topic that you came up with, and I wasn't really sure what it all meant, but the more I've been thinking about it, the more excited I've become. Yeah. And it, you know what this just made me realize is, like, we're excited to talk about everything we talk about. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little <laughs> pathetic, isn't it? <laughs> it? It's like, but it's sort of a treat. Like, ooh, we get to talk about things that are exciting to us on a regular basis. Right, and we might come up with things that we think are particularly brilliant, and actually other people get to hear them. Right. Yeah. I know. Well, nice and, and hopefully they'll think that they're, you know, somewhat, at least somewhat interesting, if not brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully. You're right. The idea of this topic is sort of in two parts um and the the first part is letting yourself off the perfectionism hook and getting things done which prepares you to take advantage of opportunities that show up and um the second part is that interestingly enough research shows that anxiety which a lot of people have around perfectionism actually makes you unlucky that's so interesting. <laughs> um, before we get into that, though, do you want to tell us about what what the where the word luck favors the prepared come oh, from? Yeah. So, well, it's it's based on a um, Louis Pasteur quote, quote: "Fortune favors the prepared mind," and he was talking about how because of you know that all of the work he had done in studying and um, how he set himself up for success and for these to take advantage of these serendipitous moments that came in his research and you know so he was able to do all of the things that he did you know with it, his work on past pasteurization mm -hmm. and uh, finding the rabies vaccine and and that but um, this particular wording actually comes from the Incredibles <laughs> <laughs> slightly less highfalutin source yes <laughs> um but uh i we just had a, a you know a big incredibles themed week because we uh watched the first one in preparation of seeing the second one in the theater my family did and and I hadn't seen all of the first one but um this particular quote is from Edna their superhero costume designer who's hilarious um and she uh, made a costume for their baby um that could withstand a thousand degrees and was bulletproof and when she was asked by the shocked baby's mom like you know what would what do you think the baby's going to be doing <laughs> and um edna and she has this super awesome accent and she's like 
I'm sure I don't know, darling, but luck favors the prepared. And <laughs> and um, I just love that in this theme, like, you know, by having, um, setting the baby up for whatever superpowers he may or may not have, um, or creating this costume for, you know, any range of possibilities, then he would be lucky in the future because, you know, bulletproof, up to a thousand degrees heat, you know, all of that stuff. I love that. I think you, you know you're a podcaster when you're watching a cartoon and you think, oh, that would be a great topic for, uh, for my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's true. Like everything you talk about, everything you see, everything you look at is like, oh my God. And then, you know, there, how many times do you like go through your day and you're like, good enough, ha ha ha. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm absolutely recognizing when I stop at good enough now. Uh, yeah. We've been doing this for almost a month or about a, a couple months actually, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's a terrific um, topic uh, in so many ways. Um, and when I tried to think about how it applies to me and my good enough self. Um, I, I, what popped to mind was this uh, uh, blog post that I wrote yesterday, or posted yesterday, about when my mother died three years ago. I was so grateful that, what, well, seven years before that, we had sat down, my mom and my dad and I sat down and went through a workbook and talked about what they wanted to happen when they died. So <clears throat> I think it's because it was so, their death seems, seemed not that imminent. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty light, light-hearted activity. Uh, we actually laughed a lot. But we got into details like what music she wanted at her memorial service, who she wanted to sing, what kinds of flowers she wanted at the, um, in the church. And uh, that meant that after she passed, my dad and I, who were taking care of these details, just had a checklist. I mean, it was That's really amazing. easy, relative, you know, as easy as these things can be. So um, I feel like being prepared in that instance was just, I just was so great. And when I did that workbook with them, I didn't uh, eight years or se- uh, in two thousand eight. I didn't get, I didn't over research and figure out what was the very best product. I just bought the workbook and we did it in pencil. And uh, my dad and I went through it again earlier this year because he was so grateful for it. He said, we want to make sure it's up to date. And mm-hmm. we went through it all again and updated some of the people who he wants doing certain things. And I was glad I'd written it in pencil because I could erase <laughs> and rewrite. Uh, so that was the example that popped to my mind. And I'll put a link to my blog post about it in the show notes if anybody wants to read that. Yeah, I think that is so relevant and um, it just makes such a huge difference. Like, you know, obviously it wasn't lucky that your mom passed away and like how lucky to that you were able to um, go through this really difficult situation because you had taken the time to prepare. Right. There was... Yeah, I mean, it could, it went, I think, as easily as such a thing can go in terms of, you know, all the going around town and making arrangements for stuff. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, well, that, and it was a, it was a very lovely service. It was oh, very well, nice. 
Thank you. I'm so grateful that you were there, Shannon. I can't tell you. It was so nice of you to drive five hours to it and pick my brother up on the way. <laughs> right? Didn't you do that? I did. I did pick him up on the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. But it was, I mean, it, and it was nice knowing that um, your mom had had a hand in it, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, just that, you know, it wasn't... Um, I don't know. It did, that that preparation, I think, as I'm thinking about it, sort of weirdly made it um, more special. Oh, yeah. And and really more fun. I mean, because yeah. we were actually able to have some fun. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. Which, I guess, isn't always the goal of a funeral. But, um, <laughs> but. <laughs> well, you do want to celebrate life. That's right. That's and having right. fun is that. And... Um, yeah, so I, I think that's such a great example of um, what being prepared allows you. And and you were able to get prepared because you sort of operated under the principles of good enough. Right. Exactly. Um, and, the, and the pencil was brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. That was a real stroke of genius. I, I never write in pencil, <laughs> ever. Uh, but. So how about you? What, what comes to mind when you think about luck favors the prepared? Well, the one personal example that came to mind was um, 15 years ago when I, had, I was in a completely different career. I was um, working as an investor relations consultant, mm-hmm. and um, I wasn't happy doing that work anymore, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I had, I mean, you know, I'll spare us all the long drawn out story, but (laughs) the short story is I had an epiphany. I wanted to be a life coach and I wanted to get this particular training in NLP and hypnosis to um, jumpstart my practice. Um, And there, this training I wanted to go to was, um, in two weeks on the other side of the country. It was in Pennsylvania. Um, And during the training, you know, during the dates of the training, I had already um, scheduled with you. I was coming to St. Louis to do a workshop. I think, was I doing a T-Touch workshop or something? It must have been. Yeah. Right, it would have had it been, yeah. Right, so I was coming to St. Louis to do a workshop. And, um, but I, it didn't really occur to me that I could, there was also another training in October. And so I was just planning on taking that one, but I had a conversation with you and you were like, well, let's reschedule this so you can get there. And because I had all of these things in place, I didn't have anything weighing on me. You know, I didn't have, um, um any uh, anything stopping me because i had all these systems in place for my existing business for my um uh animals at the time for you know everything else that was going on in my life i was able to pick up and fly across the country and get this training and start my work as a coach like in a matter of weeks 
Right. Rather than waiting months to go to the next training. Right. Like, you know, having to get all my ducks in a row so that I could pick up and leave for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that is just one idea that that came to mind. But, it you know, this is the kind of thing that I feel like... Um, when you look at it is always there like if you're you know it's sort of like we tell the kids you know you get your homework done then if your friends call you can go hang out with them but you know if you still have homework to do then you can't so you know that's like the other sort of like basic kind of ideas like you get your stuff done then you can take advantage of whatever comes up right right and i um i like that you with that epiphany that you just you just saw it whatever I remember you're telling about it and you were very excited you knew the moment you decided you wanted to do this and mm-hmm. you didn't let any barriers go in front of you for pursuing it I mean not everybody is it's it's fortunate as you are to be so decisive <laughs> to get those epiphanies <laughs> but you didn't let there were no yeah buts you just did it and that's because right. you could because it was all set up for that didn't did you yeah. come and visit on the way home did, um, I feel like no, I saw you we, right after. You did see me right after because we rescheduled. This was the other sort of funny thing. We rescheduled that um, workshop that I was going to do in St. Louis, and it ended up that more people could come on the new date. Oh, uh-huh. And um, but so I came, and then like you were, you were my first client. Right, and look at us now. <laughs> Look how yeah. wildly happy and successful we both are, <laughs> thanks to your life coaching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so I was like there right afterwards. I think like I'd been home maybe a week or so and then flew back to St. Louis to teach that workshop. And, and um, oh, and you know who else I, I uh, allowed me to experiment on them? was uh sally who did our logo that's right yes sally yeah so i remember you were very helpful to sally i don't remember what she was working on but that she was thrilled yeah yeah i um i remember her messaging me um and it it uh was like her her um, excitement over, you know, what the work we had done together and the ramifications it had in her life. Or it was just like, oh my God, this really works. I can make a difference. Right. <laughs> it's it's so a exciting. good that was, yeah a good start. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but the this whole like luck favors the prepared thing is is interesting. There's. Um, when I was doing a little bit deeper research for this topic, um, I came across uh, some information on um, Andy Grove, who was the former CEO of Intel, and he called it strategic recognition capacity. And um, the idea was that you could create the capacity to notice things by not having a lot of stuff weighing on you both literally and metaphorically and um and if you allowed yourself the space to 
experiment and by default if you're experimenting you're you're probably going to fail a lot um, but that's how they how intel discovered uh, or invented what whatever how you ever you want to call it the microprocessor wow and that's exactly what we're talking about, this willing to experiment and fail. Uh, yeah. Willingness to not make sure things are perfect. That's kind, right. of, that's kind of an exciting yeah. thing well, I had never heard. And you know what's crazy is they didn't have a use for the microprocessor. Hmm. Right. Why they would they? invented it, and then they, um, I think they ended up selling it to IBM or licensing to IBM or making it for IBM. I can't remember exactly what the business deal was, but that was basically Intel's start. Like, and they had no idea until IBM had a use for it, like how it could be used. Wow, build it and they will come. Exactly. Wow, that's, wow, that's great. I find that really inspirational. Yeah, so, and that's, you know, that's one of the things that, perfectionism prevents like you pointed out is that if you're trying to get something right if you're trying to get it perfect it's much more difficult to to allow yourself to experiment to try different things to um uh be willing willing to fail to not do it right the first time and you miss out on a lot when you do that Yes, I got to ponder that for a while. I think that's great. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing I uh, learned about was that there's, there's actual research on lucky versus unlucky people. And as I mentioned at the beginning, that unlucky people, um, they scored twice as high on neuroticism, which is essentially anxiety. And... The, what the researcher found was that uh, anxiety can help you um, uh, focus on something. It blinds you to other opportunities so that, that it gives you basically tunnel vision because you're hyper-focusing on this thing that you're anxious about that you literally don't see all of these other things around you, all of these other possibilities and opportunities. Mm-hmm. So um, unlucky people miss out on all of these possibilities because they're too busy worrying about this one thing. And when you say unlucky people, you're talking about people who identi- self-identify as unlucky. Right? Yes, yes. Right, not people who actually have... I mean, I guess there's no actually unlucky. Um, (laughs) That's Um, really interesting. It says to me a lot about the power of self-identification and uh, that self-talk we talked about a while back. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Yeah, that if you perceive yourself as unlucky, you become more anxious. And anxiety means that you are hyper-focusing perhaps on what you're worried about doing mm-hmm. and then you don't get to do other things. Right. And then the unluckiness persists. Exactly. The perception. It's fascinating. Yeah. So do you consider, I hope I'm not getting off topic, but I have to ask, do you consider yourself a lucky or unlucky person? I consider myself a lucky person. Um, I feel like 
good things happen to me a lot and Mm -hmm. that I've experienced all these serendipitous moments and I you know I've met interesting people and and you know happened upon things and and um like you know how sometimes you go to the drive-thru and the person ahead of you has paid for your drink that happens to me all the time wow and do you pay for other people's drinks I do. Sometimes. Yeah, right. Yeah. It happens um, to you all the time. That's great. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, probably a couple times a year, which, you know, seems like a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I don't go through a drive through much uh, at all, but next time I do, I'm going to try to remember to pay for the person behind me. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I have had that experience, and it feels great when someone yeah. ahead of you pays for yours. Yeah. It's, it's super fun. But, you know, the, and the interesting thing is that while I, I always think of myself as, you know, essentially living a charmed life and that I'm lucky and, you know, all these interesting things always happen to me. If you, if one were to sort of objectively look at my life from the outside, um, they may not think that I was really all that lucky. <laughs> It doesn't, it doesn't read like a charmed life. <laughs> right. Like if you just sort of look at things that have happened to me, things I've been through, not necessarily what one would call objectively a charmed life. Right. Um, yeah. But so I, I think that also speaks to the fact that um, my perception of whether I'm lucky or unlucky has way more to do with um, my my choice to feel that way, and it really is a choice, even if it doesn't feel like a choice, um, than what actually happens in my life. Right, and I think that a lot of the things that feel l- lucky to you is mm-hmm. um, is because you're observing them, right? It's because right. your your attitude allows you to see them. Or I know whenever I pick you up at the airport, you've always had and met somebody really interesting on the trip. Um, yeah. Right. Because you attract <laughs> those conversations. And, uh, yeah. So it's it's my old boss, Doug, used to say, perception is reality, Janine. We were in public relations. And uh, it's so true. Right. In, in yes. your life, you perceive yourself as lucky. I perceive you as lucky because I know that you do lead a really happy and fulfilled life. Um, but. I do know that you've been through some struggles that um, most people may, uh, wouldn't want to go through. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, so that that's so interesting that that perception. And I wonder, do you know, as a life coach, is is that something that people can work on um, their perception of their luckiness? Absolutely, and I mean, there, this is this is I've never particular or not particularly specifically worked on this perception of luck with clients but this is the kind of thing that I'm always working on with clients is to um, uh, look like to have an open mind to sort of get out of that um, that tunnel vision that hyper focus and to open themselves up to the possibility. And what's really interesting is this guy, um, whose name I can't remember, but we'll put a link to one of the articles talking about this, um, who did the research, 
he has, I, I guess he has something, I think he calls it luck school or lucky school or something. <laughs> and he's come up with um, several different things that will increase your luck. And something like 80% of the people who went through his luck school said that their luck changed and they were luckier as a result of going through that process. Um, Even the ones who had perceived themselves as unlucky came out of it. What's that? Feeling lucky. I said even the people who had perceived themselves as unlucky going into the experiment with him about luck and then going to luck school came finished saying they felt lucky. Yes. So the people who went into it feeling unlucky felt lucky and the people who went into it feeling lucky felt luckier. Right. I read that and I went, I want to go to luck school. I know. I know. Well, maybe what I need to do is like create a, like a, you know, a, my own version of luck school. Well, that's what I was thinking while you were talking. I'm thinking (laughs) you got to do a workshop or an e-course or something uh, because it sounds really wonderful. Yeah. Well, but a couple of the things that that help or the things we're talking about, like, you know, um, uh, accepting the standard of good enough helps you relieve anxiety. And if you relieve anxiety, then you can notice different opportunities around you. Right. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, And a couple of other things that help are uh, being optimistic, looking on the bright side of things. Like, you know, looking for the good in whatever situation befalls you. Um, Because there's always good in whatever situation befalls you. Right. Well, and again, this is a perception thing. Mm -hmm. You can always find something good. Mm Mm-hmm in whatever is going on. And this isn't a, um, this isn't to negate, you know, struggles and real difficulties, you know, as we've said, like, you know, just, we've touched on this a few times, but, you know, dealing with the stuff I've dealt with from my series of concussions, not fun. (laughs) Not at all fun. And a real struggle. And also, I learned so much that has helped me and helped me help my clients. And I have um, met really amazing people through this. And I have been able to help other people who have gone through or are going through similar things. And, and then there's even things that are sort of unrelated to that. Like, I, I feel like my coaching is better now after having had head injuries which i which is sort of bizarre but wow yeah like i i feel like i'm um uh able to be more in tune with my clients um interesting yeah it's a it's it is a really interesting experience um but so you know, those things all help. And then doing things out of the ordinary, you know, get, get while routines um, to sort of navigate your life are really useful. If your routine becomes a rut, 
then it's not so helpful. Right. And there's all sorts of benefits to doing things out of the ordinary, including, I would think, helping your brain power and your memory. Right. By doing new things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's terrific. I just, I've, something that just popped to my head was that uh, a couple of months ago, as you know, uh, my husband was in a serious car accident where mm-hmm. his, he was driving a sports car, a little tiny car, and he got, uh, what did that call T-boned by a yeah, T-boned. stolen car. And he, if, you know, less than you know, inches, if the, if the car hit him in, in a different spot, I'm pretty sure Barry could have been killed, or at, le- at the very least, yeah. he'd be in the hospital. He walked away from that, and I left that with such a sense of gratitude. And also, I hated that car, so I wasn't sorry that it was totaled. <laughs> but he was <laughs> really sorry that it was totaled. Um, but there were, you know, great good things happen out of even things like that. So there's, right. yeah, there's, there's always something good. Um, I was going to mention thinking from an organizing standpoint about luck favoring the prepared besides um, my mother's death. Uh, What I I have noticed is when clients are, they get themselves decluttered and they get systems in place, then good things can happen. And it seems to open doors. Uh, But I know that if if I wanted to sell my house and my basement were full to the rafters, I would feel like I could never even look at properties that I might want to buy because I wouldn't have the opportunity to sell my house. So staying on top of things like clutter or routine maintenance of homes means that if your dream house, if you see a for sale sign in your favorite house in town, maybe you could actually think of taking advantage of it. Or if Mm -hmm. your finances are in order so that the, and the interest rates drop, you can actually potentially, you know, um, 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 what do you call it? Refinance. Refinance. <laughs> That's a tough word, <laughs> talking about finances. Refinance yeah. your house without even going through any stress. Whereas if, you're, if you don't have a handle on your finances and you can't find your paperwork, that might feel like a really big deal. So there are really practical um, aspects of the benefit of preparation, low-grade preparation, not, not perfect plans, but just sort of staying on top of stuff so that you can take advantage of things when they come your way. Absolutely. I, as you were talking, I, I remembered, you know, one of the ways that both of us describe how we want our homes to be is, is guest ready, sort of drop in guest ready, like if someone came over. And mm-hmm. so if you stay on top of these things, if you're prepared, then if someone drops over, you're comfortable and you can welcome them into your home. And that's a wonderful thing to be able yeah. to do that. Or you can invite a new neighbor in. Right. Get to know them. Yeah, you can be, you know, you're out for a walk and you see someone, you can invite them over and not have to worry about, you know, your house being cluttered or whatever. It does us, you know, good to think about try to put in the crystal balls and think about how we want what moves we might want to make and how we might want to start preparing for them now yeah Uh, yeah so I was thinking that if if anybody who's listening to this and thinking gosh maybe they want to take steps to feel more prepared okay me I'm thinking this about myself (laughs) Um, it feels a little overwhelming it's like okay where where can I where do I even start because uh, I'm sure there are many aspects of my life where I could be m- more prepared. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? 
Well, one of the ways to get started is to consider what's weighing most on your mind. What are you feeling most anxious about? And then take some small action that no matter how small um, to move forward with that item. Like if it's the clutter in your home, then then find one spot that you can declutter. And you can speak more to that than mm-hmm. I can. But, you know, if it's your finances, then find some small way to begin the process of, of being on top of your finances. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, whatever is um, creating the most anxiety, uh, uh, working through that issue will make is is one way to get started right that makes so much sense and and it makes me feel calmer I mean I really did mean I was thinking about myself when I said I felt overwhelmed but I know you know that like if I just pick an area that yep I identify a thing that's causing anxiety and then for me anyway if I break it down into teeny tiny tasks and I have a list of those teeny tiny tasks Mm -hmm. I'll feel better about getting started on it so that's probably what I'm going to do Right. And the, and the other way to go about it is, is sort of um, looking for the opposite thing. Like, what do you really wish you could do in your life that you're not doing? Um, like, you know, when, when uh, you know, the, to go back to the example of, you know, your, your home, it, it feels too cluttered and, and messy to have guests over. So you would really love to be able to have people over to your home. Then use that as the jumping off point for taking small steps to move in that direction. So you're moving towards something rather than away from something. Right. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, and that is is it draws you more than the away from but a lot of times that away from is more compelling at the beginning Mm -hmm. but i always encourage people to as much as they can operate from a standpoint of what you want as opposed to what you don't want because if you're just you know, avoiding what you don't want or moving away from what you don't want, you're not directing yourself and you could land anywhere as opposed to when you identify what you want and move towards that. Ah, wise advice. So do, do we cover our takeaways? Do we want to make our takeaways more explicit? I feel like we covered our takeaways, actually. Yeah, I think so. So did you have anything else you wanted to add? Uh, I will just say I encourage listeners to go to the show notes and click on the article from Inc.com about uh, luck because it is a fascinating read. It really is. Yes, I think that's great. And I think we'll also include the clip from The Incredibles in the show notes because that's just (laughs) fun to watch. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for listening, everyone. And um, please share this podcast with a friend if you're enjoying it Um, and we always want to hear your feedback we would love to know what you think about the episode um, where whether you consider yourself lucky or unlucky and what you're doing to 
improve your luck. Yes, we'd love to see any comments on social media, and you can find our social media uh, uh, what handles on our website, yeah. gettingtogoodenough.com, and you're also welcome to comment on the website itself. That's right. And if you if you want to just talk to or contact us directly, you can always send an email to hello at gettingtogoodenough.com. So for now, I'm Shannon Wilkinson in Portland, Oregon. And I'm Janine Adams in St. Louis, Missouri. Thanks for listening, and we hope that good enough gets easier for you.